Good morning. I want to welcome you to Memorial United Methodist. My name is Joe Cade. I'm the minister here, and uh, we're so grateful that you have joined us in worship. If you're a visitor today, we're so grateful that you came to come. You came to our worship service. We want to make sure that you know we have uh, coffee and donuts over here. That is a uh, killer aspect of this worship service. Make sure you um, hit that up. And we have restrooms here, and we have um, children will be going to the library today. If they choose. Uh, they can go uh, with Miss Beth to the library, and we'll also come forward for a children's sermon. Before we get started with the announcements, I want to make sure you have the opportunity to submit prayer requests. We have uh, note cards that we can share with you. Um, if you raise your hand, we will um, read that prayer request in our worship service. You could also put, um, not, please do not read, and it will be shared with our Tuesday prayer group that prays faithfully every week for every prayer concern that we have. So if you would like a prayer card, if you'll raise your hand, they'll bring you one. And I uh, simply ask that you print as legibly, uh, easily to read as possible, especially with, uh, with names. Um, hospitality, in terms of uh, membership classes, uh, exploring membership, we have it on the first Sunday of every month. We have it at 10 o'clock in the social hall in between this building and the sanctuary. Uh, we'll meet again uh, on the first Sunday in June. And we have uh, four families joining today and three more uh, in the next couple weeks um, to our church. And they've come through our um, classes and get to know them. You get to know other new people. You get to know the staff. And you get to know our philosophy at Memorial United Methodist. We encourage you to come uh, to those classes. We have uh, we continue in our mission and worship uh, theme which uh, today with Redbird Mission. Redbird is uh, a trip that this church has taken for a number of years, and Dale Richforth is going to speak in this service about Redbird, and Carol Kaysen is going to speak in our 11 o'clock service. Uh, in terms of worship, on May 29th, that is two weeks from May, two weeks from today, two weeks from today, we will have one combined service uh, because it's Memorial Day weekend, and we're going to have a cookout following that combined service. The combined service is in the sanctuary. We will not meet in here. So what time is our combined service on May 29th? 10 o'clock. Where is that combined service on May 29th? In the sanctuary. And then uh, we'll be in here and uh, all over the grounds uh, for a cookout. So make sure you, when the attendance register goes by, if you'll put your name, when you write your name, if you'll put cookout from that and a number, uh, we'll uh, begin to build our roster of who um, we are going to uh, have at that cookout. Um, Marsha and Tyler Mays are a, um, a great couple in our church that have been part of a Sunday school class that started when they were in their 20s and is now, uh, many of them have moved on from their 20s. Uh, many of them have kids and they're starting a new 20s class. And so if you would like to participate in that 20s class, they have a kickoff um, dinner uh, tonight certainly don't have to go to the dinner to make it into the class, but it'll be a great opportunity to meet them and uh, meet other new 20s that will be in that class. If you would like information about that, make sure you um, talk to me, and I will make sure you get they get your contact info. Administrative Council meets today. We have been meeting at 3 p.m. That is no more because that is about the worst possible time to have a meeting on a Sunday for any number of reasons, primarily including nap time. That is horrific. Um, so we are going to meet at 12.15, immediately following the 11 o'clock service. So if you're on administrative council, which is today, or program council a month from today, you will not meet at what time? You will not meet at that time anymore. You'll meet at 12.15, and we'll have snacks to bridge the gap between 
band of worship and uh, wherever you go for lunch. Um, I believe that's all of our official announcements for the morning. Let's begin our worship service. Please stand and sing with us. We thank you for this day. Um, thank you for this time that we were able to come together um, to worship you. We pray that you would open up our hearts and our minds so that we could focus on the message and glorify you today. Amen.
your neighbor and children come forward for the children's sermon. y'all like the color? What is your favorite color? Purple. Purple. Pink. Blue. Pink. Red. Purple and pink. Orange. Any others? Pink, right? I think we got pink covered. I want y'all to look at this table. Every time you see this table in worship, you'll see one of these on top of it. And there's a color that is emphasized, and that color means something. What's the color under it? White. white. This, this one can flip, and we can emphasize white. Did you know that different parts of the Christian year, different things that we celebrate in church, have different colors? When we have white, um, we're celebrating Easter. We're celebrating Christmas. We're celebrating weddings. We're celebrating the life of an individual um, who has died. We don't use red very often, but we use it today. And when we use red, we're talking about, in many cases, we're talking about the word Pentecost. It's a big word. It has something to do with the Old Testament. It goes way, way back thousands of years. But it also has something to do with the New Testament. There were people gathered in a room, just like this room. How many people would you say are out there in this room? That's a pretty solid yes. 
100. I'd say, yes. 130. Do I hear 135? Yes, ma'am. 600? 100? Not yet, but we're going to get to 100. Yes, ma'am. 1,000. I don't think there's 1,000 people out there. But I want you to look out there. Imagine um, every other person spoke a different language. What would be hard about speaking to these people? They wouldn't understand each other. And if I were telling them something important and we spoke a different language, we wouldn't understand each other. But the day of Pentecost that we celebrate in the church is a day when there were all kinds of people gathered. They spoke different languages, but they all heard the message in their own voice. And way more people were added to the church that day. So God has an amazing ability to overcome some of the barriers that we put up. And we celebrate that ability with different colors. So when you all see different colors, ask your parents, what does this color mean? And then they'll Google it, and then they'll tell you. Or they can ask me, and I might Google it sometimes too. And then I'll tell you. Let's pray together. Dear God, we thank you for the amazing things you can do. Help us to share your message with other people by our actions and our words. Amen. And you may go back to your seats. This time. Yeah, actually, if you see Miss Beth back there, you can go to the library with her, and Miss Beth will bring you back right before the worship service, or you can stay for the sermon. Okay, we'll go to the library. Each week, we have emphasized a particular um, type of mission in the community, and uh, my goal in emphasizing these missions is that one or more of them may be interesting to you, and you may want to um, contribute in some sort of way, volunteer in some sort of way. And today is uh, Redbird Mission, and Daryl Richforth is going to speak upon that, and he has uh, dressed for the occasion. He's ready. He's got, his, he's got his bow tie rocking. I think any number of these missions, might you might think, I don't know if I can do that, but I'm betting there's one of them uh, that's either in the community that, or that travels a great distance that um, you could participate in. Actually, I didn't wear a bow tie for this occasion. Oh, okay. For traditional service. Oh, oh, that's right, that's right. Good morning, I'm Daryl Richforth. I'm here to tell you a little bit about Redbird, uh, Redbird Missionary Conference. But first, I want to say how grateful I am to be a part of this church, a caring, loving, and sharing church. Um, about four and a half years ago, I saw a little blurb in uh, the bulletin that Aldersgate UMC was asking for people to go to Redbird. I hadn't heard about Redbird, but I had, in 05, I made four trips to Mississippi after Hurricane Katrina to help rebuild houses and, and help out the, uh, the folks down there. So um, I thought about Redbird. I prayed about it. I, I thought, you know, what does God want me to do? And I kind of had some talents in that area and, and so forth. So um, I got in touch with Aldersgate and... Um, and the rest is history. We, this would, would have been my fourth year going to Redbird. Uh, however, I had a health issue and uh, I did not go. We had uh, five ladies that went. 
uh, my wife Joanne, Paige, Carol Kaysen, uh, Kathy Weiss, and Ann Phillips. Uh, they, they held up our banner uh, for memorial. And uh, Aldersgate, I mean, uh, sorry, uh, Redbird uh, services uh, poor, poverty-stricken area in Beverly, Kentucky. Uh, it's a coal mining area that coal miners have really fallen on hard times. And there's, uh, I think the average uh, uh, income in that area is like $15,000 a year or something uh, along that line. So Redbird has uh, schools, it has a medical facility, it has uh, an outreach program to sell crafts that are homemade there by the, the people in that area. Redbird was formed uh, in 1921 by the Evangelical Church, uh, who then later became the EUB, which later became United Methodist Church. Uh, they minister to the, the poverty-stricken in, uh, in many ways. They try to educate the young people and uh, enable them to get out of that area and, and uh, better themselves. Um, if you'd like to help Redbird, you can uh, volunteer to go on our trip next year, or you can uh, donate money or prayer or... Um, just about anything else. So, if there's any questions about Redbird, you can see me later. Uh, I've got some fresh material on the bulletin boards, and uh, I thank you for your attendance. Some of our missions throughout these two months have been very local. Some of them are uh, stretched out a little bit, and then Redbird is a great example of uh, traveling a great distance from our church, and um, of course we'll have opportunities, I'm sure, to have international travel as well. We want to try to meet, um, give you an opportunity to contribute to the community at a time and pace and geography that you are comfortable with. Uh, let's pray together. Gracious God, we thank you uh, for the travel and safe return of our Redbird Mission Group. We thank you for a community of support and love uh, that surrounded them. We thank you uh, for your ability to listen and care and love when we share our concerns with you. We thank you for this house where we may come and worship and for the talents and abilities you've given us to participate in worship. Bless us in our um, study, our opening of a story that may seem very familiar to us, and help us to find a new message for us this day in your name. Inspire us this morning, Lord, as we pray the prayer your Son taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen.
So today we're talking about Pentecost, as I mentioned with uh, a red banner with our children, and it's a very significant day. It's been a significant day, and uh, we're going to unpack that as we move along in the service today with Acts chapter 2, starting with verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So here's the first phrase I want you to know about this text. Even before this, it's already a special day. That's because all these people are already gathered in Jerusalem. They're already gathered for a special holiday. It's called the Feast of Weeks. And it's seven weeks, 49 days if you count um, uh, 50, days, 50 days prior would have been. Well, right now I can't get it, but we'll get it. Um, 49 days, we're celebrating a festival of the harvest. And we're celebrating the fact that God has given us a new covenant, given us the law, the purpose of the way we're supposed to believe. And so the people, if you can possibly get to Jerusalem for the Feast of Weeks and you're of the Jewish faith, it is critically important and very powerful. And so these people are gathered here already for a significant event. And within that significant event, a new thing happens. And that's the text that we just read. People who have come from all over the place, speaking all sorts of different languages, who are under the umbrella of the same faith, but if you can imagine, Christians have different opinions. Are you all aware of that? Christians in different denominations, Christians within the same denomination, Christians within the same church, Christians within the same row in worship, have different takes based on their life experience. These people who have different languages are gathered together, and they hear a message for them this moment. So this holiday is celebrating agriculture, bringing the first fruits of their crops, and theology, the giving of the law. So there's two things I think we would likely admit about um, holidays that happen annually. One is we love when this thing's coming around, and we love to say the same things that we say, and we love to do the same things that we do, and we love to pull our family together, it can work the total opposite, too. Yeah, we're getting together. Yeah, we're going to say the same things. Yeah, we're going to do the same things. And in the midst of that, this insane thing happens where everyone hears the truth in their own language. Verse 5. Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment, because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, "Aren't y'all these who are speaking? Gal aren't all of these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our la native language?" So, what's the uniting force that's bringing them together? Bewilderment. These people are coming from different nations. They're coming from different cultures. They're coming from different politics. All within the same umbrella as religion, as I mentioned. So there would be any number of reasons for them to be pulled apart. Any number of reasons for them to be deeply annoyed with one another. 
any number of reasons for them to lose the significance of what this moment is. But this crazy sound coming in and this crazy thing being done has united them all in one thought. We all do not know what's going on and why it's going on. Here's a quote. (laughs) Backwoods Galileans speaking foreign languages attract attention among the other Jews in Jerusalem, both residents and pilgrims celebrating the Feast of Weeks. Capturing attention is one thing, making sense is another. The cosmopolitan crowd expresses curiosity and scorn, and they clamor for an explanation for meeting. I love that quote from Matt Skinner. Backwoods Galileans. Have you ever heard the disciples referred to as that? (laughs) But there's any number of cases in the Bible for the great biblical leaders and Jesus himself where people have said, Wait, where's this guy from? And that, where's you from, where are you from, is a clear indicator. It's not significant enough for you to do anything here. And so uh, Matt wanted to get across to us that, number one, it's crazy that someone's speaking our language. Number two, it's crazy that these people are speaking our language. How in the world could that be? I want you to look at a piece of art. It's a mosaic of the... Um, Disciples looking up and you can see the fire is coming down and the image is that that fire is what's giving them the ability to speak in those different languages and it's why we're using red as our color. If you go to the traditional service, you'll see me in a red um, stole. So I've been fortunate enough to visit several major cities uh, throughout the years. Uh, None crazier, I don't think, than New York. And when you're going through New York, you'll see any number of Crazy things that catch your eye, awesome crazy things like people um, playing percussion on a level that you might not have ever heard before on a bucket. You see kind of scary crazy things in the way that somebody looks or the thing that they're saying. And then you see sort of ignorable crazy things where that person's doing a little thing, but they don't seem threatening and I'm going to keep moving on and do what I'm doing. What do you think these people were thinking? Well, Matt says it in a very interesting way. Capturing someone's attention by doing something crazy is one thing. But doing it in a way that's meaningful, that actually transforms what they're doing, is an entirely different thing. Verse 9. Let me see if I can break this down for you. Parthenians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Gia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the other parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in their own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said they've had too much wine. Tell those nations, Lord knows what they speak, Lord knows what they believe, Lord knows what they emphasize is truly important. They're all united in trying to figure out what this means, and God is trying to declare it to them. So this is a phrase I want you to remember. God is restoring what other nations have ripped apart. Israel has had, um, the people of Israel have had a crazy history, traveling a number of different places. And even when they've gotten home, the Babylonians came in and just crushed them. 
and took some of their best and brightest leaders and scattered them wherever they could. One, to make sure that those great leaders could empower their nations, and two, to make sure that they never existed again. Those people, when invited to come back, some of them didn't. Some of them got to the place, you ever thought, I don't want to move, and then you move and you get to the place and you love that place, and you don't want to move back? Some of those people who got ripped from their homes and taken a long way and stayed in that place even when given the opportunity to come back did not. So they're in a different nation, speaking a different language, and they're all coming back to Jerusalem to celebrate this holiday, and God is drawing them back together. Now, the rub is, it's in the name of the disciples and the name of Jesus. So this is a new step than what they would normally take. And that new step could be very uh, challenging, very scary to them. But a new thing is happening. Peter stood up with the eleven in verse 14, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning, which is an interesting defense of why they're not currently drunk. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all your people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Here's your next phrase. A new thing. A new thing is happening. Now, if we took a poll of any major organization and we simply said, a new thing is happening, and we said, are you happy about this or are you anxious about this? I'm curious what the results of that poll would be. All you're saying is a new thing is happening. Some people are like, oh, cool. Must be some sort of innovation. Must be some, some sort of new thing. Other people are thinking, you know, I really liked it the way it was, and I don't want this to threaten my position, whatever that may be. But God wants to be very clear to them. A new thing is happening. I know one of the last things you might expect is that God would show up in one of these ritual actions. Remember when it was announced that um, uh, John the Baptist would be born, and his father was in the temple, he's doing the normal thing, and the angel popped in, and he said, you're going to have a baby. In the midst of this ritual, he said, uh, what? How can I know that's going to happen? I don't know. I'm an angel. How about that? And we're in the midst of this ritual. Now, in the midst of this ritual, a special new thing is happening. And like Jesus before him, and like John the Baptist before him, the explanation that he gives is directly tied back to prophets. Now, a lot of people, when they think of prophets, they think of um, uh, people who said what was going to happen in the year 2000. And generally, we bring up that stuff sort of to make fun of it, of what they said was going to happen or what was going to happen uh, 1,000 years from now or 14 years from now. Generally, it's uh, some sort of internet meme on Facebook. But prophecy is way beyond that. Prophecy, in many cases, is understanding God's will, understanding humanity, and talking about the difference between the two, a new way forward right now. 
In some cases, the people were broken and the people of Israel were broken and the prophet said, a new day is coming and we're going to be well again. In some cases, the people of Israel were doing very well and the prophet would say, this is not an indicator that we are following God. Things just happen to be going well. In either case, people struggled to listen to the prophet. They really did. But he says, look, understand, this is not something that is canceling your faith. This is something that is furthering your faith. He wants to make sure that we understood that. So final quote. Peter does not speak of prophecy as predicting the future. Instead, prophecy is truth-telling. It is naming the places and ways where God intervenes or initiates in the world. It is a component of proclaiming the word of God and identifying God's salvation at work. I've never thought of this before, and um, I don't know about talking about drinking and the level of drinking and worship is appropriate, but it just occurred to me, people are more likely to say something really crazy true when they've had something heavy to drink. In fact, television shows, I'm sure, encourage the participants in their show to drink a great bit more so that they will tell the truth to individuals and generate lots of drama. The people are accused of being drunk because they are speaking so clearly to everyone else and telling the truth. Now the thing I think that brings it around and makes it appropriate again is if we were able to tell the truth in this way and speak to one another in this way without needing that. I think that would be the will of God. He says, let me tell you something. You are going to hear a new message. We are going to bring you together. There is a new inspiration. And it's not inspired by alcohol as you have suggested. It's inspired by our God himself in this moment. So, I want you to think about the barriers to communication that are in your life. I would assume the primary barriers are the ones that are the ones that are close to you. Think to yourself, if this were a new day and we were able to communicate in a new way, if we were to understand what God's will is for us, what truth could I speak? What hope could I give? What purpose could I live out in the name of God with this God-given gift that has been given to me? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this magical day. Just as it bewildered those people in that moment, at times scripture can bewilder us. And when we're confused, sometimes we pursue the truth and sometimes we just drop it and move on. Help us, Lord, as we read these stories of your amazing power that's beyond our understanding to know that your constant pursuit, your total will, is to reach people beyond us. And your primary tool to reach them is us. Help us, Lord, to speak your language by our actions and by our words so that your truth may be declared. In your son's name we pray. Amen. If you'll stand and join me in our modern affirmation. We are not alone. We live in God's world. We believe in God. 
who has created and is creating, who has come in Jesus, the Word made flesh, to reconcile and make new, who works in us and others by the Spirit. We trust in God. We are called to be the church, to celebrate God's presence, to love and serve others, to seek justice and resist evil, to proclaim Jesus crucified and risen, our judge and our hope. In life, in death, in life beyond death, God is with us. We are not alone. Thanks be to God. Amen. Please be seated. She's going to go. Yeah. Y'all come on up. One of the great things that you can do in um, any worship service is welcome new members to your family. Um, we have um, three families joining in 9 o'clock and one family joining in 11 o'clock. And we have some other members joining uh, as the um, uh, weeks go along. Our worship is um, rising dramatically. Our um, uh, giving is rising dramatically to the point where we are stable. And it's getting to a very, very uh, special place uh, in this church. Um, I asked each family to give me a couple of bullet points so that I could share with you. And uh, as you know, everything's color-coded in my folder, and uh, I have to have a script. Julie. Tate and um, Tate, Julie's husband, and Julie are originally from Greenville. Tate graduated from USC and is the director of procurement at Trades International. Julie graduated from Clemson University and Converse College. She's a former high school teacher for Greenville County Schools. And Julia Hope is finishing up K-5 at Mountain View Elementary. And Trace, who will be baptized soon, is 13 months old and loves his big sister. Is that right? Do you love your little brother? Thanks. Michael and Christina Bees, don't call us beige. Bees, not beige. Uh, coming from Easley Presbyterian Church with uh, Ella and Liam. Michael, Christina, Ella, and Liam, who's now going by Buzz, Big Buzz, are moving their membership from Easley Presbyterian. Christina is the manager of oncological, oncological research at St. Francis Hospital, and Michael's an engineer with SCDOT. Ella currently attends Greer Charter School. And Buzz loves cake. <laughs> Jerry and Heather Kerborst. Do not look at the name. Just say it. Kerborst. It's much easier that way. Family of Jerry and Heather Kerborst started in 2001 in Charlotte, North Carolina after getting married twice in one day for good measure. We've got to hear that story sometime. God bless us with three amazing children. Bailey in 2005, Gabriel in 2006, and Colin in 2013. A job relocation brought our family to the upstate area in 2009. We loved living in Greer and happy to become members of Memorial United Methodist. All of you are coming from different churches, so I can ask you all the same question. Um, rule of thumb in the United Methodist Church, if you say, will you, you say, I will. If you say, do you, I do. There you go. Will you all be loyal to the United Methodist Church and uphold it by your prayers, your presence, your gifts, and your service? I will. 
brothers and sisters, if we've got the liturgy on the screen. Actually, I'll change it. Go back one. Members of the household of God, I commend these families to your love and care. Do all in your power to increase their faith, confirm their hope, and perfect them in love. If y'all will join me in the liturgy. We give thanks for all that God has already given you, and we welcome you in Christian love. As members together with you in the body of Christ and in this congregation of the United Methodist Church, we renew our covenant faithfully to participate in the ministries of the church by our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness, that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. So y'all made a pledge to participate in the church. They've reaffirmed their pledge to participate in the church, and we welcome you. Glad to have you. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome. And I wondered whether I would do this or not. Aaron, how about you and David come up as well? Aaron and David are not joining our church today, but Aaron is going to be our new children's director starting in one month. She starts on June 20th. And Aaron is coming from uh, Buckham Street. Um, she's worked with children in uh, choir and in children's ministries for years and is uh, leaving the nonprofit world. Uh, where she protected, protected lands. Um, and um, she's going to be joining us, what's today, the 18th? She'll join us in about a month, or today if you like. You can come today if you like. No? Mm, all right. One month. Um, so welcome to y'all. We're so grateful to have y'all as well. And her daughter was the major contributor in the children's sermon. She's a, she's a solid uh, add to our children's sermon as well. Um, Kenna Owens is in the congregation. Kenna is our chair of staff parish, and she has um, worked tirelessly on that committee as well to make sure that we get it right. And I want to say thank you to you, Kenna, for helping us. Yep. Children are coming back in, so I'll let you all go have a seat. Welcome to Memorial's family. We're so grateful to have you. Thank you. It's now time, or you can hang out, either one. It's now time for uh, our offering, and if you'll pass the attendance sheet, and as I said, if you'll put on there cookout, if you would like to come to the cookout, uh, and um, we'll pass the plates to you. How deep the Father's love for us, how vast beyond all measure, that He should give His only Son, and make a wretch His treasure. How great the pain of searing love The Father turns His face away As wounds which mother chosen sons to glory. 
Behold the man upon the cross My sin upon his shoulder Ashamed I hear my mocking voice Call out among the scoffers It was my sin that held him there Until it was accomplished His dying breath has brought me life I know that it is finished. I will not boast in anything. No gifts, no power, no wisdom. But His death and resurrection Why should I gain from His reward? I cannot give Please stand and sing this last one with us. Once we get ready.
Is that working? Yeah. That's user error right there. User error. Thank you, Van, for amazing music today. Thank you, families, for joining our church today. I want to invite all of y'all to stand at the back door so that people can greet you as they leave. What a special day. What a special commemoration of the fact that God can break through so many barriers that we create. Remember that as you go throughout this week with the tiny little barriers that are in front of you. Go in peace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit go with you all. Amen. When the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, Blessed be the Great week.